Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to all our High Branch community, a, a growing community. And um, today I'm really excited to talk about uh, the area of wealth uh, as one of the eight areas of life. So most of you who are new to our community, if you head over to higherbranch.com, you'll see that we follow a couple of frameworks. One framework is called the power of eight, which is the eight areas of life. And one key aspect of those eight areas of life is our wealth. And um, uh, look, we, we cannot ignore wealth and wealth creation and money in an era where the, val- the transfer of value is measured in monetary terms. Uh, wealth is important, but it's how we define our wealth that is even more important. And today I'm joined by Paul Sidorowski, who most of you may not have heard of, but as usual in this incredible world of ours, the most incredible experts are people that you have not heard of uh, before. And uh, Paul um, is a managing director and founder of Sidcor, Chartered Accountants, uh, he's also shared the stage with Anthony Robbins and uh, Paul, you are in fact uh, in partnership with Anthony Robbins. And um, so today we're going to talk all things wealth creation. Now, most of the people in our community are actually business owners, small business owners. And I'm particularly excited about this because I'm hoping to learn stuff. And the reason why I got you in, because the first time we met, I thought I knew about wealth creation (laughs) and then you completely blew my mind and I love that. I love learning new things and you gave me this incredible, uh, you know, booklet and don't let the size of it fool you guys. Um, So it's a money series uh, uh, booklet and it packs a punch because I I learned how to think in a structured way about wealth. Um, So uh, I'm hoping actually, Paul, before we kick it off that if we can make this available to our community as a free ebook download, maybe in the future. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, first of all, welcome officially Thank to you. our podcast. Great to be here. Yeah, really, really good to have you. And um, I, I do want to step you through some of the principles that you have gone through in this uh, booklet that you gave me. And first of all, I want to know why you called it Welcome to the Jungle. Is uh, wealth and wealth creation a jungle? Yeah, I think... Um there's a myriad of things that that can go right and go wrong in in the in the journey that we're all on in in creating wealth and the obsession that we're all on all have you know to create this wealth. So uh, when I was thinking of a title, I thought, you know, what better than a jungle that's got you know the the good and the bad? So yeah, I I, I tried to simplify it so that title was Welcome to the Jungle, but you know it doesn't have to be as difficult or as tedious as walking through a jungle with the pitfalls of different animals and different you know creatures that are there so yeah oh, i love it You're really really good and the uh, that analogy flows through all of it and it helped me understand the principles there's one thing that struck me and that is not you you mentioned that 95% of people lose money from investing now that that completely blew me away and why is that um, what is the biggest mistake that people make? So there's investing? a couple of things. One, they're looking they're looking for a quick rich get scheme, and and not so much the I'm looking for that quick rich get scheme, but they they'll hear somebody and they don't want to miss the opportunity. It's like um the fear of missing out. So use the typical example of a, of a share tip. 
someone goes, oh, I've invested in this company and, and it's a great company and, oh, can, can I be part of that? But they haven't given any thought to anything else, what cash flows they've got coming in from their business, what other investments they've got, what's the asset allocation, which I'll talk about. You know, obviously, yes. it's a big part of the whole – it's the number one rule. Yeah, absolutely. I want to um, get to that. Yep. But, but for me, it's they lose money because they, they don't – they don't follow the rules that I'm that I've covered in the book, and and truly, I believe if you if you follow these simple principles, you cannot be that ninety five percent. And I know I've done it through experience. I've I've been there and done it, so I, I can tell the story. Well, you've just described the way I invest as well, so it's it's uh, frightening. And I have uh, won and lost, but um, over the years. But a lot of us have self managed super funds, so we tend to not worry about the losses in the self managed super fund because we think, well, we'll leave it in there, and hopefully the um, you know, that, that stock will turn around. And um, so you take us through, um, you know, a number of rules and core principles in this. But before I get into that, I just want to uh, give you um, an, an insight into how some people in, in their own business uh, make the biggest mistake that I think. And the biggest mistake is that uh, success is harder to manage than failure in business because when, once you start making money... Uh, a lot of business owners start investing on the stock market. They think, I'm making all this money, so they start buying real estate and shares, but they don't reinvest in their own business. Or sometimes they invest in other people's business. And a good example of that, uh, you know, 10 years ago, a, um, uh, an acquaintance um, uh, made a lot of money as a, as a mortgage broker, mm-hmm. but then he went and opened up a cafe, mm-hmm. spent a lot of money on the fit-out because he thought, well, I'll just you know, diversify my investment and maybe making money in a cafe is a lot easier than making money as a mortgage broker and he lost all his money. He lost not only his money but his time. Mm. So he took his eyes off his thriving mortgage broking business. Um, so is that is that a, caution, a common cautionary tale? It's very important. So I, I often use this, what's your highest and best use? What's your core business? Um, if you start looking, you know, to the sides – uh, you're at risk at, you know, I think on our website, it's if you chase two rabbits, you'll yeah. you'll lose, you, you won't catch both. They'll, they'll both get away. It's the same principle, like focus on your core business, get it, get it systemized, get it. Is it a business? You know, I, I've talked about the first chapter about are you running a real business or are you an operator? And it's okay either or, but it takes investment to to build a business. So what is the difference between an operator and a Beautiful. Business? So I use the bus test. So if you're on the, you get hit by a bus, what happens to the business? If it closes down the next day, you're an operator. Okay. You're a real business when if you get hit by a bus, yeah, profit may come down because you're, you're a key role. You've got a role in that business. Um, but it, keeps conti- it continues to go on. The wheels keep turning. It'll go. Um, and I, that's, the bus test is a really, really easy one. And we're all operators until we get to a point where you choose to go, I want to put systems, I want to put the right, better people than me in the right roles and put yourself in the right role based on your core skill set and what you love. Because that's the other thing, you're usually really good at the things that you love and you love the things you're really good at. So if you focus on your highest and best use, um, yeah, that's, that's the place to really put your energy and that's when the business can really thrive. And then, and then the next part of that is going, well, what do I make? A lot of business owners don't know what they actually make, what's real. In profit, you mean? In profit, in real profit, because they're putting ya-ya that I call the, the ya-ya stuff through their books. I go, cut the ya-ya. And, what and is the ya-ya? The ya-ya is all the, the cars and the expenses that you can claim on tax yeah. that have really got no, no, no um, bearing on the business performance. It's all a tax play. And, and that's, that's so common. Um, but it affects the profitability 
And you look at the numbers and you go, oh, it didn't show a lot of profit for tax, but I know I made a lot of money and where did it go? It's all in the yaya that we that we have. But it doesn't help you with planning purposes and you don't know the real numbers and you don't know, wow, how much income do I really, really have to then go invest outside or invest back in the business? And that's the first part. Like I wrote this this money series because I want people to focus on their business as their primary asset because without that, no matter what investment you do, you won't have money to invest in other things if the business is not going and if there's not cash flow from the business. So I'm, I'm a passionate believer that business is the core and the number one asset you can have. Oh, I love that. That's, that. That is so true. Mm. And every time you take your eyes off that, um, off that ball, really, you, you drop it. And that's certainly been my experience uh, over the years. So what do you do then with the profits? If you're a successful business, you've reinvested in back in, into your own business rather than diversifying and taking your eyes off the ball. And you stay, uh, you own your own home, you own a few investment properties, real estate. Well, where should you? What do you do with the profits then after that? So then, then I come back to: Are you clear in in what type of lifestyle you want? So you know, very heavy in your principles that I love. You know, your 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 eight core areas get really super clear in what you want life to be. So once you're really clear on what do I need to live the magical lifestyle, whether it's giving, um, uh, education for the kids, travelling, once you're... So, so I go back and go, one, work out what your business makes. Number two, work out what you need to live, live your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then there's hopefully a surplus. Yes. And that's the surplus we're talking about. Going, what do you do with the rest? Well, you invest that based on asset allocation. So I keep harping on about this you know the number one investment rule and the only free lunch you'll ever get is asset allocation um don't invest in 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 one area or one property in one suburb or one one state like you can you can invest in various properties whether it's commercial industrial residential land subdivision but in different areas so that you're you're mitigating the risk but asset allocation is the key and there's there's so many things you can invest in you know um there's a myriad of things okay so Really, when most people think of investing, there's three vehicles. There's you know cash deposits, mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, there's shares, mm-hmm. and there's real estate. Mm-hmm. What else is there? So um, yeah, there's there's a lot more in in my little money series. I break up the the buckets that I that I use to asset allocate into four core buckets. One's your security bucket. One's your growth bucket, one's your cash flow bucket, and then your lifestyle bucket. So if you look at those four buckets and go, what makes up those various things? Well, in the security bucket, that's what I refer to as low, low risk, not high returns, not necessarily high returns, but it's very protected and um, and it's backup money as well. So cash deposits, you know, might be commodities, gold, silver, certain different assets, uh, metals, um, your home, your home may sit in the in the security bucket because it's a stable, you know, it's it's your home, it's not something you're going to move. Yes. Um, but generally, they're the type of things that that low low risk investments, cash, bonds, um, and your home really make up the security bucket. So those four buckets can apply to uh, any mm. form of um, um, property. So it's not just Ab- shares, absolutely real estate. Uh, absolutely. So you might be a share trader. Who's who's yeah. in and out? That would be in the cash flow bucket. You're, you're or you're doing shares to generate, um, you know, options and and ge- covered calls and, and getting income from that. That's more in the cash flow bucket. Whereas growth bucket is a ten year plus bucket. It's it's the place where you invest and it's a ten year play. So shares or property, that's just a buy and hold strategy. Okay. Not in and out, but it's a it's. But if you're thinking a time frame of less than ten years, you're speculating. 
Um, so that's that's more of an inflation hedge as well. It's it's a longer term, longer term play, and you've got to have you've got to have a balance in all those buckets. And and yeah, and I get later on into the series about well, how do you know what asset allocation? Like what percentage in yeah, each bucket? Yeah, what's the percentage in each bucket? Yeah. Well, it depends again on what incomes you got from your business, what liquidity you've got on in your assets. Um, the other thing I break up those buckets with is liquidity versus non-liquid. So assets that are liquid versus non-liquid is really important in the asset allocation um, because you want to have liquidity, you know, just in case because there will be, there's going to be times when the economy, you know, the GFC and so forth, there's going to be things that happen. So give, give us uh, some examples of assets that are not very liquid. So a, a, a property that, um, a property is not as liquid as like let's say... rural property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a Land is typically not uh, very liquid. Yeah. Um, say property trusts, sometimes you can't not... I'm not talking listed property trusts, non-listed property trusts, where you're getting maybe a 9 or 10% yield secured by property, but they're not as liquid. And small cap. Uh, small cap shares investments, and, shares, yeah. startup companies, um, you know, your, your, your own business, you know, like <laughs> that's not a liquid, liquid asset. Um, yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. And you mentioned lifestyle as another bucket, holiday homes, boats, mm. helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so my neighbor has a helicopter. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the lifestyle, lifestyle. The yeah. lifestyle bucket is, you know, at the end of the day, what I truly believe ultimate financial freedom is, is creating, um, enough cash flow. And that's the key because <laughs> I'll, I'll explain that enough cash flow to live the life that you want. So people often say, oh, what's your number? What do you what do you want to be worth? And I don't have a number. I truly don't have any other than working backwards. I don't work on the number, but I work on the cash flow. What's the amount of cash flow that you want to be having coming in each month for you to live that lifestyle? So once you've got that cash flow sorted, well, what do I want to spend it on? And that's where the lifestyle bucket comes in. So there's two questions there. And the first one is people don't know what how much money they need because they don't know what type of life they yep. want to live. Yep. And uh, yeah, two, they don't know their cash flow positions. So that's where that's so <laughs> in in this series, I, I've I've sent there's a link in there about working out what could life be. And there's this thing I call the 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 seed core smart money, and you, and you just populate it all with yeah. all the it's all got every possible expense and and dream you could have, and you can you can populate it. So so I'll give you an example. Um, so this is on your website. Yeah, so, so I don't think it's on, it's on the. It, there's a link in this in the series, and it is on the website somewhere because it links it back to the website. Okay, and they can actually, if you just type in money series, it, uh, the money series, it'll take you to that. It's on our website. Okay, this, and we'll publish this anyway to yeah. our community. Um, but then you can work out and go, well, what's it costing me today? Start with today. How much yes. is it costing me today? And then go, wow, what do I want it to be like? I want to go on four holidays a year, and I want to take my parents or my brothers and sisters or other people with me. So you start to make it out. And the other thing, you mentioned the helicopter so or, or, a, or a Ferrari. Um, I'm not a car guy, but, if, but you know, if I was a car guy, if I wanted a Ferrari, it doesn't cost me four fifty or 500000 A Ferrari costs $7,000 a month. So I break everything down to this monthly cash flow because people think I've got to go and pay cash for that or I've got to go and um, pay cash for, for the property. Well, it doesn't work that way. I break down um, a holiday home that you want to have in Aspen – may be $2 million, yes. but, but on an interest-only loan, it's, you know, 5%, it's, it's $100,000 a year. Break that down again, it's another $8,000. You start to break it down, everyone believes that the amount of cash flow they need is a lot more than what they actually need. 
So I did this exercise years ago and I, I truly thought I needed four times the amount that I actually came out with the number. And you break it down to that monthly amount and you don't need as much as you, you believe. People can get to their ultimate financial freedom way before they, they believe they need to, you know, in that retirement. And, and I don't believe in that, that retirement word, but we'll talk about that later. So one of the things that um, I really love about uh, SIDCOR is that it, it sounds like you guys get into that first question first with clients, small business owners, and that is what type of life do you want to live and you help step them through that because a lot of people don't know. And in fact, there's a lot of people with a lot of money that just don't know what to do with it. Mm. It sounds it sounds strange because, you know, the first thing you do is say, oh, I want lots of money and I'll show you how to live. But then when you're in your own business on a treadmill for so many years, you don't know any other way. So you don't have a plan, a life plan, if you like, to mm. know how to spend this money. You know, knowing how to spend money, so it's a bit like that old movie Brewster's Millions. It's a lot harder than what people think, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, to spend it uh, on, on things that bring you joy and happiness. So... Uh, I really love how that you guys um, do that. And I, I don't know many other companies that do that. A lot of companies get to the second step and they say, well, we should, we'll show you what, how to invest your money. But mm. uh, and I, I think you need to start with the first question first. Yeah. But I just want to read one quote from um, the Money Series and you say, good people often fail because they do the right thing at the wrong time. Uh, can you explain what that means? Or yeah, you could... You could um so you could be ready to buy your first property and you could be buying at the absolute wrong timing in the market and you, you might ha- and then the market collapses and you're waiting a long, long time to, for that to recover then to build equity up to then buy the second property and the third property. So timing is, is important, really important. Okay, so the first principle we talked about was diversification. You place a lot of weight on that and asset allocation. Asset, yeah, yeah. So the second one is timing. How do, you, how do you get the timing right? I mean, So, so the, the key is, again, if you're constantly investing and that, you know, you can go through the dollar cost averaging um, where you're, if you're in the share market, you're, you're, you're investing constantly, whether it's every month or every quarter. Um, but there's been statistics and, and there's so much I've read about this that in the share market, I think it's been the last 20 years, if you're out of the market eight times, like key times out of the market, yes. you, missed, you missed the whole thing. So... The point of it was just be invested. Just be invested. Do not try and beat the market. You're not, you're not going to beat the market. So you mean be in it for the long term? Yeah, you, you be in the market. So well, I love this other one that people go, oh, but I'll just invest when it goes down. When the, the share market's down, the doom and gloom is there. You will not be investing if you have not already invested. So if you're not in there at all, you're not going to go in there when the market has fallen. Well, you know what? I love that because that would also apply to real estate. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and real estate's also about a forced saving. I remember my first property that I bought at 20, it was like, it was a forced saving. I was a 20-year-old kid that had saved some money and I would have just kept spending all the money I was making. But I got into forced saving and I got a home, had to pay the mortgage. So there's a bit of that. There's a bit of discipline that, it come, that comes with it. But yeah, get you've got to be in the game of investing property, equities, commodities, whatever it is. You've got to be in the game to then be to get the timing, the benefits of the timing and the cycles that are always there, you've got to get you've got to get that and be front and centre about it. Like just be aware of it. That's what you've got to be aware of it. Okay, so how much should you invest out of your profits or out of your income? What, how do you determine what percentage of what you make? Again, it comes back to that. How much do you make in your business? Get the real number. How much do I need to live my life today? Now, and there's going to be a surplus. The, the, that gap 
or that um, that surplus, the more you sacrifice now to have a bigger surplus, the more you'll invest now. But there's one one principle that you mention in here as well, and, and you called it you know the biggest mistake that people mm. make is. Uh, uh, you say the biggest mistake that so many people make is that they think they need to make all this money before they can enjoy life. They will work and work mm. to mm. get to it only to mm. realise that life has passed them by. And that yeah. is so true. That's just, you know, just uh, it's yeah. dangling the carrot for the future. And uh, yeah. so many people get to their early 60s and they think, I've sacrificed all this. Now I'm, I've got the money. I just don't know what to well, do. Well, I don't know how to live. There's two things. My grandfather, um, God rest his soul, beautiful, beautiful gentleman. He just he used this word in Greek was metrion, met, metrion, and and it being balance. Too much of anything is no good. You give me one thing that too much is good of, whether it's exercise, whether it's health, whether it's sex, whether it's wealth. Nothing too much of Absolutely, anything is no yeah. good. So you've got to have that balance. And this obsession that we all have. So I had an, I've still got an obsession, but my obsession has shifted. It's shifted along the journey. As I've created wealth, I've enjoyed it and enjoyed it more. But early in the piece, I was obsessed to create wealth. We all are and we all have to be to, to get to a certain level of wealth that you go, oh, I can breathe now. I'm not, I'm not having to run so fast to get to that point. But if you're not enjoying it along the way, you won't get to 60. The next one's that blueprint. You'll get to 60 and you go, well, I don't know how to enjoy it. You haven't had a blueprint of enjoying it. You've had a... That's exactly you, right. You've just yep. been obsessed about creating the wealth. And I do. I've seen it. I, I've seen... Um, friends who are, are getting to 50 now and they've just been obsessed and they can't shift, they can't get out of it. And that's the, that, that suffering, I don't think people, I don't want to see people go through that. And that's why I try and help the business owners that I deal with um, to, to get out of that obsession sooner and have that balance and enjoy the journey and, you know, plan for a rainy day, invest today, you've got to have that balance. So your question before about how much do you invest, and there's no answer for one person. I, I, it, it is so specific to where you are demographic, where you are in your age, how much cash flow you've got from your business. Um, there's, you know, what assets you've even got right now. So there's so many different – what's your risk factor? Like, you know, everyone says, there, oh, yeah, I can tolerate risk until, until something goes down and they, yes. and they panic. Um, your stage in your life, where, where you're at, you know. Are you married, divorced, kids? Where, where, did you have them early or old? You've got to look at that whole picture together. And uh, I guess it comes back to your own definition of wealth as well and what, what makes you happy. So defining, mm. defining your wealth, I, I think, is, has to be the first step. So that's one thing that I did many years ago. I thought, well, um, to give you an example, you can have, you can say, go to a restaurant, you know, book a table for four, spend $400, or you can stay at home, cook mm. with four people, cost you $40. Yeah. So... You know what? What is it that turns you on? Turns you on? What is it that you really want? And then costing that—that's what mm. you're saying. But a lot of people don't really know how to live without spending money as well. Uh, isn't isn't the ultimate freedom being able being frugal as well? But not but not having a scarcity mindset. And that's something you talked about here. You know the difference between a, an abundance yeah. mindset and a mm. scarcity mindset. And mm. I and I. I've heard um, Tony Robbins talk about this uh, on stage, and look, you've shared the stage with him. Can you explain what that means? I've, yeah. I've never attended any of his sessions. Yeah. So I, the question that you know, what's your relationship with money? You know, I've been to so many conferences with Tony, and um, one of the wealth ones that we do in Whistler or at Sun Valley, um, they ask you, you know, what's money mean to you? What's yeah. money really mean? And for me, it's just it's 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 a tool. It's it's just leverage. It's it's a means to an end. Whereas other people have negative. It's evil. It's because they've got a blueprint. 
Maybe their father wasn't at home or mother wasn't at home while they were growing up because money was the obsession that they had. So people have different meanings to money, put yeah. different meaning depending on, on their blueprint of what happened in their life. So um, this scarcity mentality, I, I, like I met with a client literally yesterday and, and, the, and, the, and I could feel his energy wasn't right, his demeanour. And I said, what's going on? And everything was, it was scarce. Everything that he spoke about money was scarce. And I went, I shifted his state instantly. I said, this is not who you are. Got him to shift in, in that in that. Can you give us an example of what... So his physiology. What scarcity means. Yeah, yeah. so he was, he, everything that he thought he would touch would, would lose money. Everything, um, he was more focused on the small, the small um, expenses rather than putting some energy in other areas that yeah. could have made 20 times more than focusing on that scarcity going, oh, I can't do this because I don't have enough of this. Whereas I truly believe there's a there's an abundance of, of money available. And you don't have to be it's not about resources either. It's resourcefulness. I don't need to have ten million dollars in my bank account, but I could I bet you I can access ten million dollars when you put the right deal together or the right property deal or the right right investment. You there's there's always resourcefulness is 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 massive. But that's scarcity and abundance, that applies in every part of our life. So scarcity is uh, focusing too much on your expenses. No, scarcity is thinking there's not enough. Thinking that um, that I won't be able to remake this money, or thinking that so if it's I, a mindset. It's a mindset. It's purely a mindset. And you're saying it comes from our beliefs that are built up over time, depending on how we're raised. It comes. It comes from our had. blueprint, from who who's been in our proximity. So that's massive. Proximity is power. Who you hang around is who you become. So who influenced you along the journey to today in wealth? So everyone thinks just keep buying property and buy rental properties, and you'll you know that's that's work for people in a yes. certain age and a certain time. But you buy that property at the right wrong time and in the wrong spot. Yes. it'll hurt you and but you made that based on your proximity with your mum and dad or your brothers or friends or other family friends who have invested and done well but in that era and that time and and what was going on then so scarcity is defined and abundance is is really influenced by the people around you even now barbecue talk you go to a barbecue and someone's talking up about oh, i invested in x and i made y the first thing people go is, ooh, that fear that we all have, the fear that we're not enough and that we're not loved. That's two fears that we all have. So people start going, oh, I'm going to miss out. Let me go and invest in the same thing. That's why people do your first question and say, why do people lose money, the 95%? Because of that. Because of scarcity of missing out and, and the scarcity that goes, oh, I've got to do what someone else is doing because I'm not enough as a human if someone else is doing it, I'm not doing it. And that leads to my next thing of tall poppy. You know, that's what that whole tall poppy is, is I, I don't, the, the, the name for tall poppy is, is fear. That's why people are tall, do, you know, contribute to the tall poppy syndrome. They're just scared. They're scared of missing out, scared that they're not enough. That's the end game. If they miss out, I'm not enough. And that's what we all fear. Yeah, that's a primal... Um Fear, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so it goes back to our roots when we were very much tribal and if we got banished from the uh, the tribe, we died, right? Yeah. Because uh, that was a time where you, everyone specialised in a particular, you know, someone cooked, someone hunted. Together they survived but alone yeah. they, they died. And that's, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a massive driver. And, and to give you an example, I, I used this example on stage before. If let's say, um, if you're scarce, yes, I could give you the, the share tip of the century and say... Uh, let's just use an example. BHP's at twenty dollars, yes, and um, and it's all on public knowledge. Um, twenty dollars, buy the stock. It's going to be bought out for forty dollars. Mm -hmm. However, 
Yep. In that three months when they're going to buy that stock for $40, it's going to go down to four. Knowing that it's still going to go to $40, how many people do you think will not be able to hold on to the stock? <laughs> That's that scarcity mentality. Oh, my God, oh, my God, something's gone wrong. They will sell and they'll, they'll realise a loss. That's what people go through. So scarcity is associated with fear. Absolutely. If you're scarce, you are you're in fear that you're not enough and you're not going to be loved. They're the two fears that we have. So um, I could I will, I will meet with someone and, and focus on their mindset before anything, and I'll understand straight away their psychology and their and their human needs because we all have you know six varying needs that you know Tony Tony Robbins has preached and taught, and I use it in everyone that I, I meet to go what's their their what's their primary two needs. Because that defines their behaviour, and in wealth, it's it's a it's a big thing. So, really, well, a critical part of wealth creation, then a fundamental part, is developing an abundance mindset first and foremost, and feeling like you are enough, you have enough, you do enough, rather than I don't have enough. Yeah. So I ask a question um, often, Sam, to go, "What if you lost it all tomorrow? If you lost every cent that you had, what would you do?" And some people go into, oh, my God, they start sweating and, and they get really scared. <laughs> That's the and scarcity go, mindset. It's okay, yeah. I'll start again. Yeah, because yeah. you mentioned when you said that, it sounded like you were asking me the question and I actually got excited. I thought, oh, I'd love the journey of building it all back up again. So yeah. is that an abundance mindset? It is. It is an abundance but mindset. But the thing is that was uh, uh, that was an automatic reaction for me. Yeah. It wasn't a conscious. Yeah, you uh, don't. If you go into your head, you're dead. You know, it's it yeah. comes from the heart. And you, you, it's a belief that you've got. So and how do you change that belief then? If you it's 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 acknowledging at first that yep. that you are fear, scared, um, and then working on it. It's, it's repetition. You got it's 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 acknowledging it as and when it comes up. Oh, this is coming up again. And then getting around a proximity, a mastermind group, or a group of people, or getting a coach, or getting help with this from someone who is abundant, who who can give you tools and help you. Now, please don't get me wrong. I don't want people to lose their money. Absolutely not. But I'm saying that if you did, the fact that you would rebuild it again i know that you won't lose it because you'll have this this mentality that i'll do whatever it takes not to lose lose money um and you know not to lose it all um because you're going to lose money in the investing if you're not you're not trying hard enough it's like you're not failing right yeah if you're not failing you you are literally not trying hard enough yeah so what do you say then to a lot of business owners who are chasing the the dream of saying, okay, well, I'm going to uh, sacrifice my health, my relationships uh, for that day in the future where I will eventually pay off my mortgage, have enough money and then retire into the sunset and live on some beach somewhere. But it never happens because on that journey they might get diabetes, heart disease or broken relationships or uh, their kids don't talk to them. And this is a common example. I'm not <laughs> quoting this, anything. This is, this is um, you know, I don't have stats for this, but this is 90, 95 to 98% of people and it's, yeah. it's sad. It, it, it is sad. And, I, and my answer to that is I don't believe in retirement because there was research done with two countries in South America right next to each other and one country was living longer, the average age was, than the other one. And they did research, olive oil, you know, the, the Chinese, Japanese and... Um, they found that the country that was living longer didn't have a word for retirement in their vocabulary. So there was no retirement. So if you are working to literally retire, I anchor that with my clients and my staff that you're working to die sooner. 
If your reti- retirement equals death, there's been a lot of research, hasn't there, where people die very quickly after they retire because they lose their purpose and they lose. You know, again, why why do they think that once I get to this wealth level, I'm just going to be able to then buy the things my wife wants, buy the things my kids want, go on holidays? Um, that's not why. What what happens? Yes. You know, I. I go on holidays knowing that I'm going to work hard and I'm going to enjoy the holiday knowing that I'm going to come back and be purposeful again. So the business owners, focus on your business, number one. Get it get it humming. And, and I do not believe that you can get your business humming where you don't have a role. So you'll have a role always in your business. So I've evolved in, in a role in my business, whereas six years ago, everything was me. It would come through me. Every part of the business would I would touch. Not anymore. I got structure in place because I made a choice. I wanted to build that real business. Then from there, you go, well, what am I doing now? I want to enjoy it with my children. I've got four beautiful kids. I want to, my wife, I want to travel with her and my children and my friends. And I want her to travel with her friends and have that full balance. And I want to travel with my family. So I know that if I'm traveling and doing this stuff now, it'll be blueprinted in me that I'll, and I'll do it as I'm growing. I'll just keep doing it. Yep. That's a, that's a really, really good uh, mindset to have. Now, what would, you, uh, what would you advise, say, a, a lawyer, a mortgage broker, a real estate agent who has a small practice and a lot of them want to evolve into a business mm-hmm. because they're so scared that if they take a break, if they go on holidays, yeah. if they stop, the money stops flowing and they think, well, their, their contacts or clients will go somewhere else. Mm. If they come back from holidays, then they're not going to have a, a practice. Yeah, Your business went from a practice to... A business, yeah. You you now have close to a hundred people now working in uh, your chartered accounting firm. How do you make that um, transition? And um, because that's what a lot of people want. I know you you mentioned that there's nothing wrong with having a practice, but a lot of people see that as a jail sentence as well. Yeah, and it puts them in a fear mindset. And having a business is a lot easier. So how do you transition from a practice to a business? Or is that a difficult question? It's it's not. It's not. um, You've got to make that choice, number one, to go, in the future, I don't want to be here the 90 hours a week and every client attached to me. So you've got to make that choice. Then you've got to understand and acknowledge that it's going to cost, it's going to be an investment. Yes. And the investment doesn't mean necessarily money, but it's going to lose you profit. I remember when I went from the transition, I lost profit in that first year when I got the CEO, uh, updated all the IT systems, but I had a vision. So I got really super, super, super clear on my vision of what I wanted to build. So I would start there. What do I want to actually build in the future? It could be three years, five years. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. And then you, I had a core set of values as well in the business saying, how do I want my team to be? And then I, I, I worked out where everyone fitted in because the staff put their hand up straight away going, how do I fit into this vision? Um, but where, they, where you've got to start is look at what you have today in wealth because you're going to have to have backup money to invest and go back a little bit to go forward. So what I mean by that is you won't be the primary biller and you won't be the primary relationship with the client. Um, But it's a full package. You might be passing that relationship on to a staff member. And the risk that a lot of practitioners have, mortgage brokers, lawyers, they have a real estate... Oh, the relationship's now being passed from me to them. They'll just leave and take the client. But that came back to that vision and the values and where do the staff fit into it. Then you look at equity models and how do I lock my staff in. So there's, there's various ways you can do that. But it starts with a choice to, to really go in the future. You know, I'm 45 now. I made the choice um, about eight years ago. Eight, nine years ago, I made the choice to, to build a real business. And literally for the first two years, my, my profit reduced, but then it was exponential 
um, because I, I started focusing. Yeah, yeah, I started focusing on what I was great at and what I loved, and and employed people that were better than me in in, in different roles. Um, that's 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 beautiful. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid, in, uh, investing in new people that are good at things that you're yeah, not. Yeah, better, better than yeah, me. Better My than CEO you, yeah. is the best manager. I don't love managing. I can do it, but it's not something I love. Yes. He's a manager at his core. And his demeanor's different and he's, he's a totally different human. It is scary investing profits back into the business because uh, you could invest in someone who's with you for six months and, you've, uh, and then they just leave. And that's, that's one of the biggest fears that a lot of uh, business owners have. Mm. Uh, and and it's, it's a common example, but I think it goes back to what you said. The second element is that you need to have a vision and your people need to know where they fit in. Because if people feel like uh, they are part of that vision, mm. then they're going to feel like business owners anyway and they won't go. Uh, I'll use the analogy. If, you, if I get in the car and say, kids, we're going on vacation, and I just started driving off, yes. what's the first thing they're going to ask me? Where are we going? Where are we going? Yeah. So that staff and the employees are exactly the same. So in, this, in the money series in the first chapter, I talk about there's five things you need to build a real business. You need your why, the Simon Sinek, you know, start with why. Yeah, Every business yeah. needs to know what's, what's the why of the business. Then you need a commercial vision for the next period. Then you need your core values. Then the staff, where do they fit in? And the last one, you need a framework of communication, one based on love and care, not fear-based, not a fear-based culture. Um, and that's what I went through. And, and those four, five those core five principles really are the foundation of, of, of our business and what helped me go to that next level. Um, and we help people now do that. Other business owners that make the choice, and I can tell them in real, I can tell them, I said, this is what it's going to cost you. You're going to need to invest this much in your business, but but make sure you want that end game. Like make sure you're, you're clear on your outcome, yep. being the commercial vision. If that's what you want, like I can't force that on them. They've got to want that. Like people look at me and go, oh, can I have what you've got? Well, yeah, you can, but it's going to take time. And and is it a 10 out of 10 right now? No, but every day that passes just gets closer and closer. Yeah, you build it. It's the journey. You build a, uh, the business brick by brick, uh, day yeah. by day, don't you? Yeah, it'll, it'll go other way. <laughs> it's, There's no quick, uh, you know, quick fix, quick rich screams out there. Yeah, there, there is not. And um, But the alternative, you know, to a lawyer that goes, you know what, I'm just happy to make a lot of money, bill, bill my hours like it's time, you know, um, it's time for money, they're trading. Um, and then I say, well, great, make sure you're investing it wisely. Make sure you're investing it with asset allocation. You're getting assets that are giving you cash flow, you're getting assets that are giving you inflation, hedge and growth. Um, yeah, get, get a good balance. And make sure that you're living along the way as well, it's, not putting it, your life on hold. It's, uh, it's a balance. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, no one's going to leave you. You know, that's your mindset again. You know, people who are with you love you and if they don't, they're not meant to be with you. Um, you're good at what you do. This is a mindset. It's all a mindset. If you don't value yourself and value what you provide your clients um, and you attach your own shit to to whatever meaning you put to, oh, they're going to leave me, then that's scarce again and that comes back to that scarcity mindset again. Yes. Yeah. I love that. That's so pretty, that's, um, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um where where can people find uh, find you? And um, if people want to, uh, you mentioned. I mean, you have a you have a big team, but can people uh, speak to Paul yep. uh, Sidorowski yep. direct before yep. they? Absolutely. Um, you know, any people that are associated with you, Sam. You know, you changed my life. I read your book, and it was just a the most beautiful gift. Um, and I give every person I possibly can. I meet. 
I thank a, a you for a copy of, of your book because of because of the impact on, on the simplicity of it. I love simple and the impact that it has. So for me, I'm happy to give back to anyone that's in your in your network, anyone that you know, they can reach out to me, paul at sidcore.com.au. Um, look that's, us up on the website. Just that's S-I-D-C-O-R. Yeah, so Paul, P-A-U-L at S for Sam, I-D-C-O-R.com.au. You reach out to me, I'll reach out to you personally. Um, and that's part six of your uh, money series yeah. is the secret of true wealth is... Is giving. Um, you know, pe- people, you know, it's very cliche. People go, oh, really, is it? Well, think of the last time you gave to someone, someone you know, like your family. Yes. And then you gave to someone you didn't know. And and the feeling that you had. For me, that, that I get goosebumps just saying it to you, that feeling is the true gift of of, of wealth and, 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 and everything that we're about. Because... Um, I look at it and go, if you don't give a dollar when you've got a hundred dollars, you're not going to give a thousand when you've got ten million. If you're not a giver, you're not a giver. So that's the start practicing giving now. Yes. Little parts. It could just be a little bit of your time or it doesn't have to be money all the time. Just just give like I have young students and people who reach out to me all the time. Can you help me? And I'll give them my time because someone gave me their time in my journey in creating wealth and, and being who I am today. So, you know, I'm a big believer and and, and a big advocate of, you know, I got to where I am by by being influenced by that blueprint. All those people that were in my life, whether it was the kids at school, uh, at the soccer, you know, my soccer team mates, everyone contributed to who I am today. So if I've got an opportunity to give back to them, I'm going to give it. Yes. And I, I do it and I love it and it's very gratifying. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Mm. Paul, thank you very much for your time today. It's uh, It's Pleasure. been wonderful and uh, hopefully you'll come back. Uh, and we can Anytime. take a deeper dive into some uh, – today we touched on a lot yeah. of general topics, but I'd love to, for you to come back and we can do a deep dive into, uh, you know, some uh, hardcore information on shares and mm. real estate. And it's, it's amazing for me uh, every time I meet um, uh, a thought leader such as yourself that there is so much overlap and there's a common thread, mm. you know, and um, that he's, you know, giving is one of them. Yeah. You know, living a life of uh, metrios, as you call yeah, it. The yeah, Greek yeah. word for balance. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's really beautiful. So I hope you can come back. And Absolutely. And I'm going to leave you with one thing that's, that's the core of investing for me. And um, this, this for me is the holy grail. So asset allocation is the free lunch. It's the only free lunch in investing. But any investment that I make, my first question is how do I protect the downside? Yes. So if you bring me an investment, unless it's in my risk bucket, where I'm, where I'm, you know, one to three percent of my wealth is is just on on startups or something that if I lose the money, it's budgeted for, it's fine. But every other investment is how do I protect the downside, and and that's that's where I start. So if you bring me investment and I can't protect the downside, I'm not going to bet. I'm not going to um, invest in that that item. And people go, but how do you how do you protect the downside? There's there's so. That would be the topic that we would do a deep dive on. There's so many different ways you can protect the downside in everything that you invest in. So you're talking about asset protection, income protection? What are we? No, no. I'm talking about the actual asset investment itself. Um, You can. Your number one question to be anything that comes across your desk. I'm going to invest in this property, this share, this business, this whatever it is. Your first question should be: How am I? How how am am I protecting the downside? I love that question, and uh, I'd like I'd like to actually explore that a lot more because because uh, the one thing that I thought of is time as well as an asset. How do you protect that as uh, as well? Does that uh, fit into that? It does. It does. Well? Yep. Um, 
but there's 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 more to it. There's that that is the number one. How do I protect the downside? So if 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 you just ask the question from someone who brings you an investment, going, well, how am I how am I not going to lose my money? How am I not going to lose? How am I mitigating the risk such so low that that I'm I'm comfortable with it? You ask them the question. If they can't answer it, then you, you know you're you, you need to have a second look at it. Awesome, awesome. Well. Perhaps that's something I'm really looking forward to uh, our next uh, meetup. Mm. And perhaps you will join us at Upgrade Your Life 2020, hopefully. Uh, cool. We're talking about that at the moment yeah. and you'll be joining the likes of uh, David Goggins, yeah. uh, Jim Quick and uh, Dr. Guy Winch and a few others. So yeah. um, uh, we're not going to have Tony Robbins there. but no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but thank you very much again, uh, uh, Paul. And until next time, uh, it's goodbye from uh, Sam McCool at a high brand success academy. Thank you.